0: This is The Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well, gentlemen, it's been called the grudge match, I think, which is not really the... uh, I don't really think it's an accurate description after all the water that's passed under the bridge, guys. Rangers v Dundee United. Jim, is it a grudge match? Or is it too far in the past? All the
1: all the goings on. I, I think if there's any grudge, it comes from the west, um, Eric. I don't think United fans are particularly exercised uh, about it. You know, I mean, Rangers. <coughs> Rangers troubles are, are, are. It's harsh now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that's right. Yeah, I mean, long in the past. I mean, I know that there was um, someone at Tardis had said to me recently Rangers weren't keen to deal with them at all on anything, but. Um, I don't think that Dundee United fans get themselves particularly exercised about this. You're probably right. Um, rivalries in football renew themselves all the time. You know, I mean, there are some legendary ones, you know, in the old days with Aberdeen and Rangers um, after the Durant Simpson carry on or the rest they of They refused
0: but, to go away, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, never went away. I mean, I, I would argue that, you know, that uh, previously, even before liquidation, there was never a particularly warm relationship between United and uh, the old Rangers, anyhow. You know, mm-hmm. I've got, I'm not allowed to speak about Rangers, actually. My wife will kind of lynch me. You know? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's, I mean, I, if, if there's any issue at all, it would come from the West, I think. And that all goes back to, you know, how they perceive Stephen Thompson having voted when they were liquidated and all the rest of But I think Dundee United fans have got bigger things to worry about. The biggest thing they've got to worry about is trying to take something out of the game. Uh, uh, against them mm-hmm. and, and and that'll be you know that that's enough on their plate without worrying about whether or not kind of grudges uh, should still see the light of day so i think it's it's almost an irrelevance now
0: and i'm i'm just thinking backy and i mean talking about business that's been done the only one that john daly's the one that springs to mind but john john daly was was he a i can remember was he a, he was a free agent wasn't he
2: oh when he when he went to to rangers yeah i mean yeah
0: when he went to rangers
2: yeah, listen, I agree with Jim uh, completely here. I think it's manufactured. This uh, it is a bit one-sided, or almost totally one-sided. I just don't think that the uh, it's real. It shouldn't be real. I also think Stephen Thompson, who you know, both Jim and I uh, know Stephen very well, but you know, we don't always defend him if he de- if, if, if if he deserves criticism. I think in this one case, and it's a big one that's been held against him for years, he wasn't the first to come out and say that Rangers should go down. Mm-hmm. To, the, to, to that level um, What it was He was maybe louder He was maybe more prominent in press But he wasn't the first And he wasn't the only one by any means There was a whole, whole load of chairmen All followed suit For, for some reason uh, in the, the Minds of Rangers fans And also some pun- pundits as well um, it's become known as he was the man. He was he was the one that led the the campaign. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't. He was just one of uh, many people who who were involved there. So they they also had the um, the postponed game or the cut abandoned game at Tannadice. Probably a, a legitimate thing there. I think United charged twice for the same game. Mm-hmm. So, but that that just uh, I mean it's years ago now. And as you say, there's rivalries between clubs. That are probably deserve to be greater than the than this one. Um, it's it's one sided. United fans, Jim's absolutely right. United fans will only be interested in this match to see how their team does. Um, they'll have concerns other than the historical. It's it's. I think it's a nonsense to be honest. A lot of the stuff getting
0: uh, dredged up. Well, yeah, I mean they're going to be playing each other. We hope for the next few seasons. You know for four times a season, three times a season, that sort of thing. So I think you're right, Jim, it's gonna it's gonna quickly it'll maybe get cast up again when fans are allowed in, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it's it's it doesn't feel like a you know, like you say, a Rangers Aberdeen or something that's gonna that's gonna last generations, does it? This
1: no, I mean, you know, there have been traditional matches. You know, I can think of one or two um, semis and finals and all the rest of it. You know, um, where United generally will have felt that you know they were um, probably kind of. You Know d- discriminated against. I mean, I-, I have to sometimes laugh when I, I hear uh, Celtic fans um, going on about you know bias refereeing in Scotland. You know, clubs like Dundee United and, and and others can tell you all about the idea of bias refereeing. I'm not suggesting that they are, but you know, you've only got to look at the number of finals that United were in and you could quite easily point the finger and say, Was there something dodgy going on there? You know, so when it comes to, to the Rangers thing, I mean, historically, you know, when you go back to whether it was pre liquidation or post liquidation, the old club or the new club, call them what you will, um. Truth of the matter is, United, as they usually did against both halves of the, the big Glasgow clubs, come out poorly, you know, because they're a much less well-resourced uh, club. Um, but, I I, 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 you know, I can't ever think of any great kind of, uh, you know, great love between the two, the two sets of supporters or the clubs. Well, that's pretty much the same anywhere when you're playing big, big clubs. I'd, I'd say there was, a, if anything, it was a warmer relationship with Celtic, probably because United fans might well think of themselves as you know, trying to be an attack-minded club and an entertaining club in the way that Celtic uh, arguably are, you know, whereas Rangers traditionally are seen as very doer and very defensive and all the rest of it, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of Ian's camp with this. I mean, I think there's a manufacturer here. Stephen Thompson, um, remember too, also, I mean, Stephen, you know, Stephen found it hard to take the lead on many things and and, and much of the, the lead, if he took the lead at all from United's perspective, uh, was through pressure he got from some fans who, who you know, didn't think that Rangers should be um in in their new incarnation entitled to just stroll back into the top league. But there were plenty, there was ten clubs as I recall voted against it. And Vladimir Romanov was one of the guys. He didn't
0: play the he wasn't cute enough the way he played the PR game, wasn't no. it? Probably when you look
1: back on well, it. Well he, he never was cute in terms of playing the PR game. But I mean he you know he got nailed for it by many Rangers fans as the man who um you know who, who consigned them to uh, uh you know to to start life again in the bottom division. Some would argue they're very lucky that as a a new club, they might have had to start again in the juniors or something, you know. But I mean, no, I mean, I think the the notion of the, the notion that United fans are sitting champing at the bit for this one for anything other than the result on the football pitch is, is, is a fallacy.
2: Yeah, and Eric Jim mentioned Vladimir Romanov. I think that's important. He's the one that sticks in my mind, and I think my memory is quite good on this uh, as being the one, the first one out of the blocks to say, you know, Rangers should be punished in in this way. And Stephen, as well as the other other chairman, took on board what their fans were saying. A a lot of clubs asked for feedback from the supporters and uh, followed that through as club policy. And, you know, I don't know why... Uh, all these years later United are still seen as the, the one club that did Rangers in I just I, I just don't think that's fair No I
1: mean the the, the main <clears throat> the main group at that time I mean well, United now have a, a different set up um, uh, you know to uh, talk to supporters or the various supporters groups that they've got because they have things like the ladies club and all the rest the business club and that but the main group then would have been the, the Dundee United supporters federation and they were as I recall um, at the time uh, you know pretty vociferous as, as were most Scottish football fans most Scottish football yeah. fans thought that Rangers should not start life in the top league because of what had happened. You know, so Thompson took his lead from the fans, and um, and uh, you know he was he wasn't particularly astute in the way he played. But he played it as honestly as he could, uh, and and seems to have attracted it and got it in the neck. You know, from from uh, from Ibrox aficionados that somehow or other it was Dundee United that, that you know that, that conspired to send them. Uh, you know tumbling down as they would have seen it into the lower reaches. But it's a lot of nonsense. I mean, Vlad, as he often did, I mean, I remember actually covering the, the Kowness, uh Rangers game, the, the pub team, as they called them, and they beat Rangers 2-0 that night. And I remember out the corner of my eye on, on a soaked night, you know, Um, I saw this figure waving a maroon scarf coming around shouting and bawling and it was Vladimir Romanov who was at the game over there, you know. Uh, And he went off on one that night. I mean, he had wee bits and bobs of him. He went off on one that night about the Scottish Football Mafia and the SFA and all the rest of it. Certainly, he was the man that was out the um, uh, you know out the traps very very quickly on the Ranger stuff. So you know the notion that somehow or other it was United, United certainly voted against it. Thompson certainly voted against him starting life again. But he, he was no different from many many others in that respect. So you know, the notion of a grudge match, I think. I mean, I, I don't think there's any love lost. I, I would say that. But um, whether it's you know th- that would have only been one one factor in in yeah. the long long history of the club. You know
0: when when you bring it forward to the current ownerships and and sort of. Management teams, there's certainly nothing in regards to that. I mean, you know, Mark O'Gren for sure. He he won't be he won't be caring about it. Tony Ashkar, the same. I mean, they they played each other in a in a preseason mm-hmm. a preseason friendly. So you don't do that if if the two if the two clubs aren't speaking. And Dundee United certainly didn't put the boot in when there was all that uh, when that one of the many COVID stories that have since. Reared their head, remember there was that one about, you know, whether the United, whether the Rangers guys had, mm-hmm. had been tested and all the rest of it. So, you know, I think things have settled down and obviously, you know, uh, Murphy, Jamie Murphy was on United's list for uh, a possible signing. So, yeah, I think we can we can move on. I think we can, to bring it into the football, Ian, you know, Stephen Gerrard and Mickey Mellon. It's the last thing on their mind, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I imagine they'll be asked the question. Certainly, I imagine Gerard will be, but he won't know anything about it. I wouldn't think so. Um, he, he may, he may get briefed a bit. Mellon, he won't be interested in, in anything like that at all. What, what, what United's uh, got to to about is coming back from a heavy defeat at Kilmarnock. That's the only thing that they'll be they'll be thinking about. How they're going to deal with a Rangers side who, it has to be said, are looking good. Um, they're looking uh, looking for a club looking for a a Scottish record
0: seven clean sheets in a row yeah
2: exactly so they're good at the back as well they've got a good central defensive partnership so that's what I am I'm thinking about going to this game I will be covering it and it's uh, what I'm looking at is how are United going to deal with this they're going to have to improve their goal threat and they're also going to have to um, deal with a Rangers uh, attack
0: at the other end, which has which has been quite been good this season. Yeah, Jim, that that they'll they'll be determined to get this clean sheet record, won't they? In, in in a year of in a row's they're going for they're going for seven.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, well, they're, they'll undoubtedly be happy to get the clean sheet uh, record, um, uh, Eric. But I think the main thing that's at the back—you know—the two things that are at the back of Rangers' mind, and I think, it is that mentality. Uh, uh, is the mentality at Celtic and, and 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 Ibrox as well, which has traditionally, I think, set them apart from the rest of Scottish clubs. There is a mentality about playing at Parkhead or Ibrox, which supersedes anything else in the game. We know that. We know that because of the record of what, how much the both, both of those clubs have won. And, uh, you know, sometimes Celtic fans get annoyed when you throw them into the, the mix with Rangers. I'm doing that for a deliberate reason because the two of them have been, you know, by a million miles the most successful clubs in Scottish football. And that comes down to mentality, that inability to accept defeat easily, that inability to settle for for second best. And at the moment, um, we're Rangers, you know, are having... Uh, you know, one five drawn one, scored eleven and conceded none against the United side. Who got two wins, have scored four uh, and conceded uh, uh, you know um, double that number. Then I think that that points you in the direction of the way this game might travel, uh, and, and, and that's why I would say you know, uh, ten seconds spent in the United camp on on c- wondering about what went before and votes on whether Rangers should be in a top league. Are 10 seconds detracting and distracting from the main task in hand, which is how you stop a Rangers side which patently is better than, than the United side and will be better on the day. It's how you actually stop them. So Rangers will want to uh, maintain that clean sheet record, but but Uppermost in their mind this season is stopping Celtic from taking ten in a row. Now I have to say, right at the start of the season, I didn't give them a cat health chance. I'm now starting to kind of think that you know, in five or six games, depending on how it's going, we might have to reassess. Might have to reassess this. It's almost like you kind know, of reassessing United for Europe, you know. <laughs> I was going to say I'm having to reassess a few <laughs> things week by <laughs> week James absolutely keep, you know keep, keep the, the bold of football. keep the bold calls coming <laughs> it's, <laughs> the, it's the nature of football but of I mean, but at the moment Gerard does have the motoring you know, uh, and, and if, if they, can you imagine if they, you know, and I suspect they probably will win this one, um, the danger for United is they might win it with a hammering. Um, if they win this one and they don't concede a goal, all of a sudden, the confidence, the swagger, the the arrogance, and I mean, that, and, and, you know, I, I'm not having a pop at them in this yeah, yeah,
0: sporting arrogance, yeah. Yeah,
1: because in some respects I'm seeing sometimes as not having a great love for them, but I mean, the truth of the matter is they have started the season terrifically well and they look like a real handful. Um, so, Mickey Mellon and the United players really have their work cut out uh, on Saturday in this one.
0: Ian, uh, uh, this they've they've got a, they've been prepared for this game though. United haven't they? Because it, uh, you can imagine a similar game plan to the one that they they played against Celtic, can't you? And even even to a, to a lesser extent, possibly possibly Hibbs because Hibbs were flying when they came to Tannadice. So Mickey Mellon's shown it's it's one of his big things that he can he can set up a a well-drilled defensive formation and you know that's kind of you kind of go out there thinking if we can get a nil-nil, brilliant and you know take it from their type of scenario
2: i think i think that is the case that that, that that's valid. um united fans might not might not think that they might think oh we can go there and nick something but to be honest if they come out uh, of ibrox with anything but even a, with a point that would be fabulous um what you've got to do is united have to <sighs> Play like they did against Celtic. It was it was a good overall performance. Just just let the guard down for that for that one goal. But overall, it was it was the right way to play against Celtic. Um, I think it'll be a similar performance would be welcome. I think, but it's it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge. The um, United have had a, a season of contrast. We've had a lot of promise there, a lot of encouragement. Even in defeat, it has to be said. The Kilmarnock game was different. The Kilmarnock game ran away from them. They had a lot of possession, but um, leaky is anything at the back and completely blunt an attack, it has to be said. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see uh, how they are selection-wise um, for Ibrox, but they're up against it.
0: I would say, Jim, having watched Rangers in the flesh against St. Johnson and games on the TV since and just the highlights real. They're they're very strong down the left hand side. Um, Barisic, is. I, I, I would. Yeah. I would imagine. I know how the voting goes with these things. I would mm-hmm. imagine he, he'll probably get player player of the month for uh, for August. Although there are yeah. mm. other candidates out there. That's their. Uh, that's that's definitely their their strongest flank. I mean, he basically plays like a winger. Barisic. So. Is this a game that you would still? Would you still persevere with with Young Nielsen, or is this a time when you think maybe, like say Nielsen and Chalmers, you kind of you, you bring them out for two or three or even one game, perhaps, or not? You know, do you, do you just keep going with the with the young guys again, or do you think maybe mm, after the Kilmarnock one, because he did he did mention that, I like, will come back to that word naivety. You know, And if you're going to be naive at Ibrox, boy, will you get punished?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what, 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 one of the problems was was with naivety. I mean, what, what, one of the players most guilty of naivety was Mark my Mark, Big Mark's, what, 27, 28 now, you know? so um, yeah, I, He's, I think he's that,
0: injured, so he'll not be playing anyway. Yeah,
1: he's, he's injured, you know? So, I mean, I think the, the, there's a difference between naivety and, and, I mean, I think you can be naive as a young player. When you get, when you get that wee bit older, It's it's it's... Decision making, or, or, or bad decision making, uh-huh. as opposed to naivety, and, and to some extent, that was that was the the guilt factor against uh, Kilmarnock. I think the key here is, I mean, you know, Mickey Mellon is watching these boys in training every day of the week. He's mixing with them in the dressing room. He's he's mixing with them generally. He he knows the mentality. He knows their mindset, uh, and, and therefore, on that basis, he's got to figure out on on all of these things what he's seeing is whether they're ready to step up to you know to, to that play and, and perform. Now, uh, interestingly, we've talked in recent weeks about the difference with not playing in front of fans makes, Um what 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 you know, not not playing in front of fans maybe means that guys that are a wee bit less confident. Um, than others shouldn't necessarily be under the same pressure because fans are screaming and bawling and picking up on their every mistake. Yeah, um, what, it, what, it doesn't, what it doesn't alleviate, it doesn't alleviate the fact that, that you know, the, the, the guy you're up against is a better player. That he's quicker, he's smarter, he's more intelligent, makes a decision for action of a second quicker. He's better in the air. He can show you outside and beat you for pace. You know, it doesn't it doesn't obviate any of these things. Now, when you look at that Rangers side, I mean, you know, if, if you're being if you're looking at the positive side of things, let's say, you know, United are on the attack. Well, they're up against a very decent central defence. It's Hellander and Goldson, uh, isn't it? You know, so. Um, very decent central defence. you know, the the two the two backs, Barisic and Tavernier, decent. I'm the same as you. Barisic is a, as you know, as a, a handful going forward. But generally speaking, with Jack Davis midfield and has you out in the left the roof up front, looks very, very decent. I mean, United they're going to have their hands full. So, what you need is if you're going to play the young boys or some of the young boys, they have to be absolutely on top of the game. Their concentration levels have to be spot on. And this is the problem with the Premiership, Eric. Because you're stepping up that level, you know, from the Championship, you're stepping up that level every week. Week in, week out, week in, week out. It becomes very, very difficult to maintain that. Now, all it needs is for you not to maintain it one week, as, as happened at Kilmarnock. I mean, the actual possession-wise and all the rest of it, United you know, were very decent at Kilmarnock, but, you know, some bad decision-making, some naive decision-making, call it what you will, um, they got well and truly sconed. Uh, now, a similar type of display at Ibrox could, you know, c- could result in a, in a real hammering. I mean, it was a, a big enough hammering at Rugby Park. You wouldn't like to think if if, if they were off their metal in terms of decision-making. That um, you know that, that you were going to do that eye brush because that could be a very very costly afternoon uh, indeed. So I mean, it's it, only only Mickey Mellon can decide whether or not he goes with the likes of Nielsen. You know the the kids like Chalmers and, and and I hesitate to call them kids, you know, because we are good enough, you're old enough. But you you do have there is a reason why over a long long period of football that managers tend to dip younger players in and out physically and mentally. It's very very draining, and there are very very few. And you can see that top-level football. You know, there are very, very few who can, you know, do it at 17, 18, 19. Um, absolutely, you know, season in, season out. Most younger players, even the ones that go going to be great players, tend to be kind of dipped in and out. It's kind of like a fish in bar, isn't it? You're dipped in and out um, to allow them to to get up to the pace of... of Lovely the-
0: football analogy there, <laughs> 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 I've had my chips. <laughs> you know, we, we, we wouldn't have a, a, a podcast... <laughs> if we didn't mention Lawrence Shanklin. And it's there's pros and cons with putting him back into this game, isn't there? Because you're not expecting him to be getting half a dozen chances. But they do need to get him back out in the pitch and get his match sharpness building up. So in that regard, would you be playing him? If fit, obviously. I mean, because, you know, Mickey Mellon's been there. Uh, he's been cagey with his, his, uh, his injury news over the last few weeks. But... you so would you play him? I would certainly play
2: him. I, I would probably expect him to be to be fit. Um, not much fit, I must say. Um, he won't be as sharp as he as he enorm- as he would be. Obviously, if he'd played three or four games. But hey, you've got to take it. United, United's options aren't aren't uh, too plentiful there. Um, I, I'd also look for uh, Ryan Edwards to go. Into the central defence. Mm-hmm. Now um, we'll, we'll probably touch on Scotland later, but mellon has got a similar dilemma at the back. Do we have there. to? You know, do, do, do you go for a three or a, or, or a four at the back? Now he's been chopping and changing. Um, you know, so so you could you could have Lewis Nielsen in there with Edwards and Mark Reynolds. So uh, there's options there, but. <laughs> It's uh, as for Shankland. Absolutely, he's had time. He's had time. His general fitness is good, according to the manager. He's just that kind of guy, you know, that that that, that is 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 always kind of physically fit. It's just getting match fit and sharp. So um, no, I mean, if he's if he's uh, available, then he's straight
0: in, isn't he? And Jim, would you agree that nobody? And he's as much, as much as United had a couple of. Decent results and things that you know there were there were a pe- few people saying, "Oh, you know, look what United can do without Lauren Shankland." There's nobody that's really said. No, I'm talking about strikers here. There's there's one goal from a forward since uh, since Shankland dropped out the team, missed the yeah. last five games. Nobody's grabbed the jersey and said, "Look, you know, I'm I'm the main man now up front." Have they?
1: No, I mean, be, be, bear in mind, um <clears throat> Eric, when you you know when you look through that that United side, there have not been. A huge, I mean, how many signings have they made? Is it two? You know, I mean, they've not not been a huge amount. Of, I know that someone came in uh, yesterday, but a, 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 a trialist player. You know, it's I mean, about to come in? Or about it's to come soon. in? That's right. You know, but um, that, that that United squad has not changed markedly or dramatically from the side that that, that won the championship. They stepped up from the championship. You know, so realistically. Um, you're asking the guys that won the championship to do the business at places like Ibrox, which is very, very difficult. The Shanklin thing, um, you know, I I think it's the sharpness. I think, you know, players need to get up to match fitness, but, you know, good professional players, even after a week or a couple of weeks out, and he's been back, you know, obviously doing some training, don't lose a a huge amount. I think most athletes will say you can be up for a week to 10 days and not lose a vast amount. It's the sharpness, the mental thing. It's the mental aspect. And I think the other worrying thing, of course, is let's be blunt, this is professional football. Somebody gives him a couple of whacks earlier on. Um, it was an ankle injury, it wasn't it? Does the ankle stand up to you? have got to mm-hmm. think of all of these things, you know. I mean, listen, you know, this is not us at the five of sides, you know, on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. This is professional football. Undoubtedly, um, you know, the danger is that very early on, you know, the ball's fed to him in, in and about the box and Goldson or Hellander wallop him, you know, or, or uh, Tavernier out in the, you know, as he tries to make progress in the right, Tavernier wallops on Barisic on the other side, depending, you know. The other thing is, Where does the service to him come from? Does it come from, you know, are United going to get any purchase down either flank against that kind of quality? Well, you'd like to think that Bolton, uh, on the right flank, who's looked very useful, um, you know, might give them some purchase, pushing forward. Um, Are they going to try and feed it through the inside channels? It's going to be very, very difficult for Shanklin to get many opportunities, if any, against this this Rangers side. So, um, if it's going to be difficult for him, it's going to be even more difficult for anyone that they might contemplate stepping in to replace him because they don't have a natural replacement um, for them in terms of being an out-and-out out goal scorer. So it's just, you know, I mean, I, I try to be as positive as possible with these things, but it just looks to me, this looks to me like an afternoon, absolutely fraught with difficulties for United.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's looking... Well, my, my information is, Ian, that there's next next to no chance, I'm going to say no chance, because things can change quite quickly, but the, the United aren't expecting to get a striker in through the door in time for the game, that's for sure, and that they're still weighing up a few options now that the Safranco things thing is, is not materialised. Are United right to, I mean, it's a long, long window, this United right to take their time and wait to see how the market settles, rather than, you know, Jump in and then maybe regret it in a few weeks and think, oh, yeah. somebody else pops up. We could have, we could have got him. Well, what
2: they're what they right to do is not make a, a bad signing, not make the wrong signing, wrong decision. So they're assessing what's available and uh, and and working on that. Uh, ideally, though, having been at Kilmarnock, the first thing I thought uh, at full time whistle was, mm, I hope, I hope there's a signing, particularly in the Tarkin area. Uh, when uh, when the, the team goes to Ibrox, but it hasn't it hasn't materialised. Um, no, I, I think overall they have to play the long game. It's you know we're only a few se- uh, games into the season, it's a long one, so they've got to make the right decisions. United can't splash the cash on 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 anything. They've got to be right. And and you know, Tony Ashgar knows better better than us um what's available there. So we just have to trust him. But I think fans are I think a lot of United fans are probably, I would say, unhappy uh that they've got to this stage and there's not as many new faces in the squad as they would have liked. I think that's fair enough. But as you say, we'll, we'll wait and see uh, what happens in the weeks weeks to come. I, uh, I'm i putting faith in uh, Mellon's knowledge of the uh, English game. I think United, I still, still back him to pull out a, a diamond out of the lower leagues down there. So we'll see what happens. I,
1: I, Ian, I think the problem is, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I, there's little doubt, I think, that Mickey Mellon knows the scene in England, in, you know, inside out. But I was having a chat. You know, during the week, an old mate of mine who you know does some agency work in the northwest of England was on looking for a couple of numbers. We're chewing the fat, and I was saying, and what you know, what's been the impact on the game? Because I've been reading stuff about possible salary capping and all the rest of it, and he'd he'd said, well, you know, people just don't aren't quite getting the grips with just what an effect. Covid and all the rest of it has had. We're now starting to see that feeding through the the, the, the non-league stuff. You know, clubs talking about going out of business and all the rest of it. Um, but at, at League One level, for instance, you know what what you know, a codger like me would have called the old third division. The average wage apparently is now about eighteen hundred quid a week. Well, that's you know, in, in some respects that'll be more than some United guys are on. I mean, in fact, it's probably a fair bit more than some are on. And kind of you know, some will be on obviously a lot more, not all the rest of it. So it's not it's not just a case anymore. Of, you know, being able to spot the diamond in their offer or having the contacts book It's actually persuading guys to come from League One in England i have probably got a pretty comfortable lifestyle and all the rest of it to Scotland because like a lump there is still a mentality in England that our game is secondary and, and there's nothing we can do about that. You know, I mean, people talk about we shouldn't compare ourselves with England and all the rest of it. That's, that's neither here nor there. The truth of the matter is, you've, you know, it's not just the case of United fancying or any other Scottish club fancying someone. You've got to be able to persuade them that not only can you match the money, but you've got to be able to persuade them on other aspects as well, whether it be lifestyle, the quality of football, the quality of training facilities, and that's that's not something United are short of. But there's a, there's a whole host of things go into the kind of bargaining chip. Uh, but the most difficult one, I think, still is persuading guys to come to Scottish football. Because the simple truth is this, and and you know, and United fans, none of us like to hear this, is that United will, will, will you, have, you know someone at United will sign from that level of English football, uh, signing him because he's it's the most attractive offer that he's got. Um, if a bigger English club was coming in, he'd probably go there. So, you know, you've got all of these factors to to weigh in that there are other clubs looking at players and all the rest of it as well. So it's a pretty difficult job, Mickey Mellon's got to just pull someone um, out of the heart before, you know, before we start to get to that period where we say that's the window almost ready to shut. You know, mm-hmm. the danger is that having made a pretty decent start. Some serious damage could be done before, uh, you know, before then. If, um, if for instance, United were to lose on Saturday, at Ibrox, and then go and stumble in the next few games.
0: Yeah, hey, I mean, you've you've been long crying out for a, a central midfielder that's going to control control the game. Last couple of seasons, I think that was at the top of the top of your uh, wish list for United. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that Mister Hottie. The trialist who is due to sign any time and may have signed by the time this podcast comes out. Let's hope he's the he's the man that brings a bit of composure to that area of the pitch. Yeah, he is. He is quite young,
2: though, isn't he? He's still still nineteen, I believe. So, um, we'll. Uh, I'm not sure if he's seen as being someone that can go straight in there. But they've taken their time to look at him, um, taken a few weeks there, as you should during an international break. So. You never know, I mean he could go in and 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 just be the what they're looking for, so yeah, fingers crossed i think I think overall the fans have to trust. Uh, Ashgar and Ogrin to get it right. There's there's no, there's no alternative there, and they just need to. It, it's frustrating because you do want your new your new people in as soon as possible, but they need to be right. So if you're not getting the the, the right offers, um, they did fancy Sir Franco, but just priced out of that. So um, and also I've been dealing with people down in Ipswich with uh, Norwood, James Norwood, and he he's seems to be just out of their kind of reach as well as far as wages and that goes so uh, they're maybe punch they're maybe trying to punch above their weight with some signings and we maybe have to come down a wee bit but we'll wait and see it's um it's going to be it's going to be a, a difficult day on saturday i think for for united but um They've, 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 they've done well on occasion this season. It's just to Kilmarnock one uh, does off have us all worrying, including Jim
0: Jim and I. So you to to wrap this bit up. You you fear the worst for uh, for Ibrox, do you, Jim?
1: Um, I have done for uh, all week. Eric and I'm hoping it's that kind of self defence mechanism where you think, oh, they're about to get a doing here, and then you know you get a one-one draw and you think, oh, what a good result that was, you know. But um, you know, as you get older, you know, as a both as a journalist and a fan, I think you start to become much more of a realist. You know, I mean, you you realise why, for instance, going back to what we we're saying earlier on. You realise why Celtic and Rangers have won all but eighteen titles uh, in the the whole history of top uh, professional football. You realise one why they've won the vast bulk of the cups and all the rest of it. The truth is, by and large, they usually have you know other than small periods in history, they have five, six, seven players who are all much better than than you know the, the opponents they face on the day, whether it be Hearts, United, Motherwell, or whatever. Now this this Ranger side on the day undoubtedly is a better side than United. Um, and uh, they haven't conceded a goal. They're scoring, not, not freely, but they're scoring, uh, you know, without retort. United are, are, are the opposite of that. Um, took a real doing, a real drubbing against Kilmarnock. Um, it, it looks, it, honestly, it looks to me one of these games where United could be an end of five or six. I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping they're not. I'm seriously hoping they're not. But it looks to me a game, as I said earlier on, absolutely fraught with danger for them.
2: And I think Jim Jim made a a crucial point earlier on about the the cut and thrust between Rangers and Celtic this season. I think that'll make it more difficult for the other clubs. There's no room for for dropping points here and there. I I know both have done it up to now. But every game because of this 10-in-a-row thing, they'll be absolutely desperate to win it and win it comfortably. And I, I, I covered uh, football around the time of, you know, your your, your Larsons and your Lowdrops, drops when Rangers were, were going towards it the nine-in-a-row. And every single match was tense and pressure on the, the Rangers and Celtic players and I think as this season goes on that'll just increase and it makes it a lot more difficult for every other club in the Premiership
1: and they handle it Ian that's the thing they handle it much better than players at other clubs you know um you know, playing for Celtic and Rangers, it's, it's south of the border. Rangers pink, didn't whatever.
0: last year, Jim. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I,
1: I mean, no, they didn't, Eric. I know that. But, I mean, by comparison, they came back after that winter break and kind of fell away. That's true. And that's what you've got to aim for. I mean, you know, Mickey Mellon, first and foremost, um, has to have... You know, a squad, and it is a squad because undoubtedly subs will be used, uh, has to have a squad that absolutely competes. Start, and I'm sure you'll, you'll have that, you know, um, but you can try, you can compete, you can fire in as hard as you want. You know, when you're up against superior athletes, football players, whatever, you, 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 the, the, I mean, for instance, you know, Rangers will probably have about 65% of the possession, maybe more you know, in a game like this. And chasing the game and chasing the ball and chasing men down to mark them and shut them down is much, much harder than having the ball and playing with the ball. Um, You know, so that physically and mentally absolutely soaks it out of... uh, Soaks it out of players, you know. So, I mean, I think it's a game, you know, obviously we're all local. We want United to do very, very well in it. But it looks to me like a really, really tough game for them to take anything out. I mean, I I frankly find it hard to see anything other than a Rangers one and probably a comfortable one.
0: Ian St. Johnston are at at Motherwell. You're a resident Motherwell expert, having seen uh, (laughs) United do very well against them. I mean, that was early in the season, but that sort of... uh, their struggles have continued. What what did you make of them when you saw them? Well, they, they played
2: okay, but um, United were smarter than them. They were more streetwise. Uh, I credited the manager for that, and I think I think that's right enough. Uh, Saints can, can play similarly, I think. The pressure grows on you, doesn't uh, it, if you're, if you're a mother well, yeah. and suddenly you're looking at the table, and you think, well, wait, wait, and you begin to think, Okay, when 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 do we get this this win? When does it? When do we turn this around? You know, you look at the fixture, and, mm, I'm not sure about that. Whereas other teams, including Saints, have got points in the bag. So um, I think I think uh, psychologically it's a problem for Motherwell. Motherwell like uh, to attack at, at home, as as you would expect. They uh, they have lots of good players. They've obviously lost a key one, but. Um, United United kind of were like a boxer who soaked up the punches and then came in with the the, the you know the the winning knockout blows and uh, it was a it was a textbook uh, away display it has to be said Saints Saints are well capable of that of course they are um, so Motherwell are uh, I think I think that. The, they are dangerous because you've got a, a team full of talent down at the bottom. It's not, it's not one of the usual suspects yeah. down there. So I think that makes them a bit dangerous because you you do tend to suspect it'll turn around. It's like, yeah. a bit
0: like Saints last year, funnily enough. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly
2: right. And you looked, you looked at Saints and thought it's going to happen sometime. It must be this week. It must be this week. And uh,
0: you know, I imagine that will be the case with Motherwell, but
2: maybe not. Maybe not on Saturday. though.
0: So. yeah, Jim. I mean, Saints will probably look to to control the game a bit more maybe than united did rather than play strictly as a, a counter attacking team so it's it, it is an intriguing what i mean mother mother will have always been one of these they've been a streaky team in my in recent years haven't they you know when they're when when they're when they're good they're very good mm-hmm. but they uh they haven't been very good yet this season.
1: No, I, I mean you, you probably gathered from what I said earlier on about Celtic and Rangers, Eric, and you, we know from conversations over a long time, you know, both in press boxes and, and here on the podcast. You know, my my, my view on mentality uh, is that you know strong pl- players with strong mindsets and strong mentality usually do do uh, very well. Uh, uh, so you know, compare and contrast St. Johnston, uh, you know, having lost a couple, having basically having been mugged. In a couple of games, come back with a fine performance, uh, win the game. And I was sitting having played six and and, and on seven points, I, I'd actually hoped they'd be a wee bit better off than that. I thought maybe around about the 10-point mark, but still very decent sitting there, seventh position. Motherwell, after six, have lost as many points as Rangers have gathered at the top. You know, I mean, they, you know, six played, they've squandered 16 points already. At a potential 18, they've squandered it. Now, to me, that's going to have some kind of effect on your mindset. Um, and, uh, you know, they're coming up against Johnson's side. That I think, personally, um, uh, you know, there's a lot more to to come from yet. So, uh, I think this is a game that Saints have to kind of, you know, A, they go in with a much better mindset, much more confident. I think it's a game they want to take by the scruff of the neck right at the start. They've certainly got the talent to do it. Uh, they've got, you know, and they've got the pace and the energy to do it as well. So, um, with a bit of luck, the uh, uh, right approach in this one, uh, Motherwell will still be sitting um, holding the table up uh, come you know five o'clock on Saturday. Ian
0: G- Jamie McCart uh, he's done his his he's press bit for us this week and it's, he wasn't he wasn't being bullish and he wasn't talking about St Johnson specifically but he was saying you know this this year third place is up for up for grabs for a few teams. Do you do you agree with that? Well, he's he's had a bit of flak for that, um, but I think
2: why not. I mean, is it such an outrageous thing to say? I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe uh, some St. Johnson fans will have come on, keep the head down, try and try, and <laughs> we don't want much attention here. Just, just, just play it along, play a canny game, and, and see where we end up. But I think, why not? I mean, you know, as as a as a reporter, certainly you you want you want players to be saying things like that. It's interesting. Um, you know, what, what reasons does he see for that? Um, what how does he view the opposition so far? Uh, you have to say. I mean, you're looking at. Probably Hibbs Aberdeen
0: still as uh, he's, prob- he's been, probably uh, having having played Hibbs and Aberdeen, they yeah, probably St yeah. probably think mm, you know yeah, aye well, ex- ex- exactly. And and what's
2: wrong? What's wrong with uh, a team being confident and a player being confident in, in his in his teammates? I can't see I can't see the problem with it. It's not a ridiculous thing to say uh, by any means. And uh, Saints of Saints are, are in my uh, I see them gra- gathering momentum here. Like Gemma, I hope they go in confident. I think they have to. Um, if there's uh, the two sets of players going into Fir Park um, are going to be thinking differently. Uh, it will be uh, St Johnson who will be full of confidence after a, a, a fine performance
0: against uh, St Mern. So, hey, why not? Why not? You like to see, you like to hear and read that sort of thing, don't you, Jim? Yeah, you like no, I mean, I, I, sort of. A bit yeah. of measured,
1: measured uh, optimism. Well, my, mindset, Eric. As, as, as we've been talking about their mindset. I mean, look, it's, it's one thing being a blowhard if you can't back it up, but you know, I mean, the, 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 the notion that you know that third place. And I don't think he specifically said we will be third, but you know, he's saying it's an achievable. He wasn't. Way, he wasn't saying but, that, no. no. Well, I mean, Mother Motherwell did it. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Motherwell a bigger club in St Johnston. Um yeah, they have bigger crowds, but I mean, it's hardly kind of Real Madrid against kind of Getafe or something like that. You know, I mean, these are two pretty. Some sized, um, uh, Scottish clubs. And, and I look at that same side and I look how they're starting to, um, develop and mature. Under new management, you know the, the Tommy. Isn't it funny? The Tommy right days almost seem like an neon away now. You know, and yeah. uh, Callum Davidson shaping the side in his own uh, uh, his own style, uh, albeit a side that he pretty much has inherited from from Tommy. But look at Henry leading the line. I like. I just like the idea. Of Conway. I thought the way he just dropped the shoulder made quarter of a yard. You you described it very well in your piece during the week. The way he just drifts away, lays in that killer low cross for you know. You see quality. Quality stamped all over it. Well, Hallard and starting to find himself. Again, the player that you know that he was, that he that he that disappeared from sight is now kind of appearing in sight again. You know, Mark Namara, uh, you know, on the right with the, the flying runs, Kerr back and him. I mean just you know McCann in the middle and Witherspoon. There's a makings of a really, really good St. Johnson side in there. Uh, and I think what w- what goes with that is the mindset. You've got to watch that you're you, you know that you, you you I hate that word showing respect. Yes, you should obviously you should you show your opponents respect, but I think you've also got to respect yourself as as well. And when you look around that that uh, Saint Johnson side, I think it's a side that's well and well and truly deserving of self-respect from the players in it. So the right kind of approach on Saturday, and I think Saints could be taking three points from from Fir Park. It's also mild.
2: Uh, it's also a mild intervention, really, because um, I recall uh, standing at Saint Andrews, speaking to the United goalkeeper. You, I know what you're going <laughs> to say Radle, next, <laughs> Rado who who uh, claimed United would win the treble that year. So uh, I did raise. I did raise more than an eyebrow. I'm see him close enough. <laughs> How many eyebrows have you got Ian? <laughs> I think I had about fifteen that time. Uh, yeah, so um, this is this is uh oh, it's calm stuff. It's calm stuff.
0: What would you just before we wrap up the seats? But what would you do as far as the goalkeeper situation is concerned? That's uh, Xander Clark's. Now played a he's played a bounce match against United at the week weekend there. But Elliot Parish has done absolutely nothing wrong. Some some were blaming him for the the Barasich. Free kick at Eyebrooks, uh, which I thought was very harsh. He he, he just kind of made the uh, the mistake that some that some people don't like when he didn't actually dive for it. He's probably you know right. for me if it's going in the top corner, it's going in the top corner. I don't care if a if a if a goalie makes a dive, you know just just for show. He's not getting there. He's not getting there. You know you're as well staying your feet and hoping that you know being in a better position to react to you know coming back off the post. But anyway, he's been he's been very sound for for Saints. All season because Xander Clark's not played a game. Do you do you stick with Parish until he gives cause for uh, Callum Davison to think? Right, it's uh, it's Xander's time, or do you put Xander straight back in?
1: Aye, well, no, I, I think you've got to. I think I, I think unless a goalkeeper has made a succession, or you know, or a couple of real howlers, real really kind of bad. I, I, I'm in your camp with us. You know, you you always you know fans always want to see a goalkeeper at least make the effort, but a goalkeeper will know when he, when he's beaten um, and, and, and there is the possibility of hey, a rebound gathering someone off the post staining your feet there's also the possibility of not injuring yourself pulling a your back muscle diving for an absolute uh, you know lost cause so um, you know I, I'm with Parrish in that respect Um from what I've seen of the two of them, I think Big Xander is, is the better keeper. But then I would I would you know I'd caution on that by saying I've seen much more of Xander than I have seen of Parish. But Parish is is you know is a man in possession until such times as he does something. Uh, you know, really seriously wrong. A, a really major kind of flaw in his performances, or some real kind of howlers. And I think he has to retain um, his his possession of the of, of the goalkeeper's jersey. It is, of course, the the hardest battle in professional football because there is only one jersey to be handed out, and there is always two keepers. Well, except at really big clubs, there is always two keepers battling for it. So for the moment, I think Parish has to has to maintain possession of the shirt.
0: And Lee, Liam Craig would be the would be the same, presumably. Ian, you know, he. he... He missed uh, missed the Saint win with a with a silly mm-hmm. a silly suspension. So you wouldn't expect him to walk straight back in the team either, would you?
2: No, you wouldn't, because it was such a such an accomplished uh, performance from the team the last time. Um, he is he is in the he is in the experienced quality uh, bracket, isn't he, Leon? And he he does give you something special. Um, in games but no I agree and I would also agree the same with the goalkeepers I think the gap between the the two men isn't enough uh to justify pulling uh, you know taking Parrish out I think he's he's done fine and until until there is a, a reason to to change it but uh, Xander is obviously an excellent goalkeeper but I think I think there's there's two there's two uh headaches I think there for 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 Callum Callum but um I would, I would,
0: uh, I would leave it as, it as it was. He's probably got another as well with uh, the possibility of starting Stevie May. we'll see. It'll be an intriguing team. So I mean, he has said Callum that you know, by and large, he's 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 not going to be uh, he's he's not going to be you know, he's sticked it you know religiously. But by and large, he believes in the old you know, if you're in a winning team and you're playing well, you stay there. Which again, it's probably something I would subscribe to as well. Yeah. Well, there's going to be two two games of football with crowd with with fans in them, Jim. Not many fans, but uh, it's not going to be the St. Johnson Dundee United games, but a big and positive step. That one, even though it doesn't seem that they can actually do much while they're there, but you know, <laughs> sit sit in silence. But you know, it's a it is a step nonetheless,
1: isn't it? Well, it's 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 the first step, Eric. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's the first step. That's the key thing. I mean. We 've had a couple of trials haven 't we uh, uh, in terms of rugby uh, uh, doing it and all the rest of it you know um, it 's just not the same I mean you know professional football is, is is professional and professional sport of any kind, but professional football is there to be watched by people it 's there to you know, to, to be enjoyed by people and the atmosphere. The atmosphere changes the dynamics of a game, as we've talked about already. You know, I mean, players react to crowds; crowds react to players, and, and you, you want to see it with people. And I mean, you know, whether it, whether it actually makes any real impact, it might actually be quite negative with three hundred people, and because you can hear if you can hear individuals in the tenor, <laughs> Every a ten or yeah. crowd, you're going to hear you're going to hear everyone. I mean, we've all said, I mean, your know, last season. Um, Quite often when the, f- the BBC freelance budget was uh, was burst and I was uh, I was uh, going to a game, I quite often had the choice of, you know, do, do I sally along to or Sardines anyhow or do I go to the juniors? Because I've always enjoyed junior football <laughs> and some of the stuff you hear mm-hmm. at the juniors is absolutely brutal, you know? Um, now, it'll be the same round the ropes at, uh, you know, Dingwall or wherever with 300 <laughs> people. I mean, players will be here again. My, my big fear is that somebody goes off and does an Eric Cantona, you know?
0: <laughs> as, <laughs> uh, as, <laughs> Not used to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, as uh, as they get the kind of the the full the full belt, as somebody who's had about five pints of heavy before the game, you know I mean. It's, it's but it's good, to, you know, it's it's good to see it's good to see people back coming back to the game, and, and it's the precursor we hope to getting back to kind of you know normality in, in football. Because f- frankly, f- football without f- football without fans is nothing. It's just I, I'm finding it hard to kind of you know even with, uh, I mean I know the the Premiership uh, uh, sort the English Premier League kicks off, doesn't it? You know got End as well, and it's just—it's not the same, you know. With that 40 50,000 fans in the crowd, I mean, I'm not one of these, you know, proud Scots that gives it all oh, the English game. But I mean, I love the English, I love English football, I love the top flight. Yes, it's a big capitalist kind of, uh, uh, you know, bonanza and all that. We know all that. It's not the point; it's entertainment, you know. But it's not the same watching it with no fans in the crowd in the in the ground. So great to see at least some back, and hopefully it's a precursor to a very swift movement to. Uh, Getting everyone back in.
0: Just occurred to me there, Ian, we'll probably get more stick as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Jim. Uh, Jim speaking about Jim speaking about
2: the game. You know, hearing the the shouts from the sidelines. I'm having flashes back to uh, my days on Caird Park on a cold Sunday morning, <laughs> getting abuse for uh, probably from my own parents. Actually, for uh, for no, no, no talking in or whatever. Uh, yeah, so. Um, Missing, missing a, missing a chance. So no, listen, it, it is a bit like that, isn't it? And I, I actually thought uh, I, I put the sound completely down for uh, the the Czech Republic Scotland game. It was just, it was just ridiculous. It was like a din and an echo. And some games oh, have I been we're okay. Get away you <laughs> that Come on. But some some games seriously. It. Some some games have been okay. I've managed to get kind of into. it but uh, others you've, you've been going oh goodness me this is just isn't right so it's, it's been a mixed bag for me but yeah I mean God we're all, we're all looking forward to the day when we get fans back although the, the mood music at the moment as far as the virus goes oh, isn't good no, don't. Um, so that's a concern over all of us I think
0: mm. well before, before we slip into a <laughs> politics podcast I better, I better <laughs> wrap it up there we'll, <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers gentlemen and let's hope there's a couple of, uh, couple of good results to reflect on next week Thanks again and thank you for listening.
1: If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of the Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.